do you seem so scared? All I wanted to do was play with you. Welcome to Terror Tracks. We publish new episodes every Monday at 2 a.m. EST. Go to terrortracks.com slash shop if you would like to support the show. And follow us on social media at terrortracks.com slash follow. Enjoy the show. Chapter 15 Green Room A door appeared with the word home written in dark purple paint. Behind the door came a bright green light. I hesitated, drew my weapon, and waited for a few moments. Nothing came out. I stacked up against the door and opened it, peering inside. A bedroom laid beyond, illuminated by the green light from a ceiling fan. I entered, checked all the doors and closets, stuffed animals, action figures, and a child's bed were inside. I put away the gun and dug through a few drawers, checking for clues. Inside the bedside table, I found photographs of the young boy from the mirror. Pictures of him on a swing and one of him looking into the camera. He smiled and winked at me from inside the image, and I dropped it. How the hell did he do that? I said. As I looked around, I found pictures of myself as a child. I realized this was my childhood room. The boy didn't look anything like my brother, though. The room was different from what I remembered as well. It was all too much to take in. The room had all of my action figures, books, assorted toys, and even an old tube television. A faint cry came from outside. Footsteps echoed against a hardwood floor outside the door. I peeked around the corner. A long, slanted hallway full of old wooden doors laid outside. I walked down the hall, and the sound of the woman's cries grew louder. At the end, I found a broken staircase leading down. A woman dressed in rags cried and walked out of sight. Hey, wait, I said. No reply. Hold on, I'm coming down. I can help you. The stairs creaked with every step I took, and one gave way. Luckily, I caught myself and made it to the next stair. The woman continued until she arrived at a rocking chair in her living room down the hall. I walked through the house, checking the doors for any perps inside. Each room had mementos, trinkets, and shelves full of leather books. One of them, in particular, had a Ravel symbol, a heart with an X through it, on the spine. Its pages crackled in my hands, and it turned to dust. I watched as the rest of the books all turned to ash and the room charred. I ran out and slammed the door behind me. I continued down the hall and knelt down in front of the woman. She looked down at me. Her eyes were black, empty voids that stretched on forever. Son, why are you here? She said. I don't know. Where am I? I asked. You are wherever you want to be. I have missed you so much. Who are you? She pointed across the room to some shelving. It was an early 1900s buffet hutch, covered in old pictures of a family along with bells and a tea kettle that hadn't seen use in many years. A giant silver ball sat on a tiny cup at the end of the first shelf near the kitchen door. She looked at me with tears in her eyes. Toss me that ball over there? Why? Please. I walked over to the hutch with caution. I made sure to watch my back the entire time. The woman continued to cry. I picked up the ball. It felt like a stress ball. 
one of those you squeeze in your palms to try and relieve anxiety. I looked back, and she nodded at me. I tossed the ball toward her gently. She caught it and vanished as she sobbed. My eyes welled up. I knew her from somewhere. Why couldn't I remember who she was? Was she a victim's mother? Was that boy one of the countless children Murphy killed? Regardless, she gave off an aura of love and kindness. The end table next to her chair had a picture of the boy from the mirror. He must have been her grandson. I dug through the bookshelves looking for any documents, but found nothing. Repent. Before it's too late, I heard a voice say. I turned around. A monk stood there with his hands together in prayer. His purple eyes glow calmed me down. I withdrew back, aiming at him. Don't move. Who are you? I asked. Lord Cyrus protects us from the decay. He... A man in a suit appeared behind the monk and plunged his arm through the monk's chest. The monk looked down at his mortal wounds. He looked back up at me with blood dripping from his mouth. He convulsed and fell to the ground, fading away into a cloud of smoke. Hold it right there, I yelled. The suited man smiled at me. He laughed and disappeared behind a thin veil of smoke. I did see his eyes. They had a green, ominous glow, a stark contrast to the calm purple eyes of the monk. I dug around the house some more, looking for clues as to what was going on. There was a TV on the other side of the room. I turned it on and moved its rabbit ears around, trying to get a signal. After a while, I finally got a distorted image on the screen. It was the best I could do. An old lady was on TV. She was cooking dinner over an old stove. She seemed happy and without a care. Singing a tune to herself, she sounded like an angel. She turned around toward the screen and smiled at me. Come here, and I'll reveal the truth to you, she said. I don't know how, I said. Touch the screen. I shall bring you here. As I touched the TV screen, I was dragged inside and landed in the kitchen next to the elderly woman. She continued cooking. It smelled amazing. She was making homemade meatballs and a chocolate cake. Her grandkids ran around playing with toy guns, shooting at each other. All right, kids, run along and play. I have a guest here I need to speak to, she said. You said you had answers. Where am I? You are wherever you want to be, baby. What do you mean by wherever I want to be? That makes no sense. She stopped stirring the meatballs and sighed. Son, you are everywhere and nowhere at the same time. At this point, we all exist and don't exist. It's difficult to explain. Think of it as a kind of dream world. A dream world? Are you insane? Tell me what's really going on. Am I dead? No, you aren't dead, asleep, or in a coma. But you are stuck here with us forever now. No, that's impossible. I have to find Star. Have you seen her? Run along now. We have many sights to show you, she said, laughing maniacally. I ran to the exit of the kitchen, and the door was locked. The woman turned around cackling, holding a large knife. Her eyes were black pits of emptiness, and she approached me with a smile. We all have to go sometime, she said, slashing at me. I don't want to hurt you. Stop. Put the knife down, I yelled. Now, now. That's no way to speak to your mother, she said. Her appearance began to change. Her appearance became exactly like my mother. How the hell was that even possible? Get back. I'm warning you. 
I'll put you down, I said. You wouldn't shoot your own mother, would you, Rick? Get back. This is your last warning. She laughed and walked toward me, slashing the knife wildly. The blade cut deep into my chest, and I fell to the ground. I looked up at her as she knelt down, holding the knife high above her. I had no choice. I aimed and fired two shots into her chest. The bullets pierced her heart, and she screamed, falling back. You killed your own mother, just like back in Norcastle. Ravel will be proud to see you haven't changed a bit, she said, fading away. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow us, go to terrortracks.com follow. Also, please check out our Patreon where you can get cool merch, writing lessons, and other awesome rewards starting at $5 a month at patreon.com slash terrortracks. See you next week. Goodbye for now.